Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. From the auction community studios on this Friday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke show heading into week two of the NFL season. Wolf, what's going on over there? Not much, man. Not much. Um, yeah, it's Friday right now. It is a football Friday. I am jacked up about the possibility of the Arizona Cardinals going up to play in Las Vegas and actually coming out of there with a victory. Um, they're going to have to play very, very well in all three phases. Yet at the same time, even on this football Friday, we have news to get to, do we not? Yeah, we do. We have basketball news. I should mention we're going to we're going to get the uh, the Raiders side of things later on in the show. We're going to play some fulcrum football, of course, because it's a Friday later Beautiful. on in the show. A little, little bit of a twist that you came up with for the uh, for fulcrum football this week. Uh, we're going to talk to a D-backs player later on in the show as well. We're going to talk to Dave Pass shortly. He has an interesting bet with Damian Lillard, of all people. But, Wolf, we're going to start with basketball and how quickly this is now moving around the Phoenix Suns. Uh, was it yesterday or Wednesday? I said I don't. I don't think there's any way he owns the team in a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were talking about that. It's moving even quicker than I thought. So you had Chris Paul and LeBron talk the other night, or tweet the other night. Last night, though, you get the next layer to it, where okay, now some players have spoken out. I would argue the two biggest players that could speak out in this particular instance. Then you have um, you have Suns Vice Chairman Minority Owner John Najafi. He's the second mm-hmm. largest stakeholder in the team. Remember, Sarver's not the only owner; he's just a majority owner. Yeah, and he spoke out about uh, about Sarver and how he doesn't think. You know, I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can find it uh, on ArizonaSports.com. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Um, but uh, his opening sentence was similar conduct by any CEO, executive director, president, teacher, coach, or any other position of leadership would warrant immediate termination. And then he went on from there. That was last night. And this morning, you have the uh, president and CEO, Dan Schulman, president and CEO of PayPal, saying basically that they're going to not continue their sponsorship. They're, I mean, that's the logo on the front of the Suns jersey. Right. If Robert Sarver sticks around as owner. So now you've gone players, you've gone not just fellow owners, like his actual, like his business partners to a certain extent. And then you've got one of the biggest sponsors saying, yeah, we're out of here. At what point is he not worth the trouble to the NBA? Uh, Yeah, man, you really have to wonder about this. You you do. It seems as though there, there had to be some type of deal, some type of understanding that was probably put into place. Correct. I have a theory. You would. Oh, this is going to be so good. You know what? You 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 did not tell us this uh, this theory in show prep, and I cannot wait to actually hear this theory coming from you, Luke. Please. I, I mean, I think it's somewhere that most people have kind of gotten to anyway. But we saw Adam Silver two days ago look very uncomfortable on TV, right? Yeah. At his press conference. Yes. Almost like he knew we as as the NBA are probably not doing enough. But here's the thing, Wolf. I'm reading through some of these statements, okay? LeBron's statement starts with, read through the Sarver stories a few times now. Chris Paul starts with, like many others, I reviewed the report. The uh, Dan Schulman from PayPal says, uh, we have reviewed the report of the NBA League's independent investigation. Uh, Phoenix Mayor Kate Gallego and some of the, the city council members, when they put together like their sort of yeah. statement that we're, it says right in there, 
Um, it is unacceptable for the organization's leadership to be associated in any way with the despic- despicable actions detailed in the report. Everybody references the report. The report. So if you want to talk about a conspiracy theory, I think the NBA was like, we can only do so much without bringing a bunch of problem to ourselves. Yeah. Let's make the report public. We know what's going to happen. Because they didn't have to make the report public. And now everybody that is talking about this and making a statement is referring directly to the report yeah, when they do it. Right, exactly. But I, I totally understand what you're saying. In other words, you're saying, um, okay, we're just going to... We're going to divulge all the details of the report. Knowing full well what would Knowing happen. what's going to happen right here. Why would the NBA take a hit? Why would the NBA take a hit for him, though? That's the only thing I'm saying. Why, why not just say, hey, why wait not a minute. Just get what, rid of him themselves? You know, we've done this before. Haven't you, Adam Silver? You've done this before. His name was Donald Sterling. Why, why wouldn't you just, why would they take a PR hit and, and take the criticism that they did? Um, by not giving him more of a suspension. I don't have, I'm still working on that answer for you. Okay. I'll get yeah, back to I'm you just wondering, but, too, because I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I think you're, oh no, you're right. right. But the the push the pushback on that every time you say, okay, why didn't the uh, NBA suspend him longer? The, the most common response to that is they felt like if they went too far, all of those owners, all the other owners would start getting investigated, too. Like, they didn't want to get into a big legal fight with Robert Sarver. This way, it's okay, here we suspended him for a year, we find him $10 million. Adam Silver looked like he knew that wasn't enough when he was up there talking on Wednesday. He didn't <laughs> Which is why he probably it. looked so uncomfortable, yeah. right? Yes. And why his answers were so awkward so much of the time. But we joked about this on, on Wednesday. There's no way the NFL would ever put out a detailed report of all their findings on Dan Snyder with that investigation that's been going forever. But the NBA was like, here, here's 43 pages. Here's our suspension. Oh, you don't like it? Well, here, draw your own conclusions. I know. And by the way, it's not just fans of the team or fans of the NBA. Draw your own conclusions. It's the president and CEO of PayPal. You can draw your own conclusions, too. It makes, man, it makes a lot of sense again, though. What a stain on the NBA to actually do that, to actually say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're going to, we're going to take it easy on you. So, so we'll, we'll just let everyone else jump on you and pile on you. And we're going to look like we were not part of that jumping on you and piling on you when you should be jumped on. It's got to be a legal thing. It has to be a legal thing, right? They just don't want to deal with a big legal battle. Maybe, maybe that's what it is right there. Um, yet at the same time, if you're Robert Sarver right now, who knows what his, his next step is going to be here. Um, you know, for me, the minority owners and that situation, I, we need to get to the bottom of this. Do they have any power throughout all of this as well? I have no idea, Basin Onions. I'm not a lawyer. I don't try to be a lawyer on the radio at all. This is something that we're going to hunt down. We're going to get an answer definitively from somebody on this as to whether or not these minority owners can force Robert Sarver out. I have no idea. But um, we're all going to have a front row seat, apparently. Well, and, and what you're saying is, can they legally, um, can somebody like John Najafi legally push Robert Sarver out? And Correct. like you, I don't play a lawyer on the radio either, so we're going to have to talk to an actual lawyer. But I think when you set the legal part of it aside for a second, they they can be part of the groundswell to get him out. And John Najafi is already doing that. His, his, uh, his statement... You know, you talked about this the other day. Chris Paul could have said so much more. Yes. He actually maybe kind of was, was calculated with his words. 
And Jaffe didn't hold back. I mean, this, I got three paragraphs here of of basically saying this guy has to go. Right. I, I, it, this is he's a bad example. Exactly. He has to leave. Exactly. He didn't hold back at all. He didn't hold back at all. And supposedly, there's a little animus that it has existed between these two men um, in the past. So he was not going to hold back. He didn't hold back. And yet, right now, I I wonder why Chris Paul did <laughs> because he clearly did. He didn't. He didn't pull a Donald Sterling. He didn't. Um, he 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 wasn't he wasn't soft on Robert Sarver by any stretch of the imagination. He just didn't go to where I thought he was going to go. You know who got me going down this path though of looking for some sort of pattern is you. Right? How? I mean, you were the one that was like, "What if there is? What if there's a plan in place or a deal in place? Right. We're only going to suspend you for right. a year, but look, I mean, you're going to have to sell the him. grassy knoll." <laughs> well, because because now look at it. Look at the last forty eight hours. Okay, LeBron. Speaks. Chris Paul, about an hour speaks. Okay, there's your players. Okay, now one of the other son's owners speaks. Okay, the next morning, their main sponsor speaks. Like, I'm not saying that this was planned, but if it were planned, this is exactly how it would look. The trickle. And here it comes. The trickle is going to turn into a stream. It's like textbook. Yes. And the stream then will turn into a deluge. I'm going to spend the break looking up with deluge. We'll just Actually, I know what it means. It means a lot of water coming through. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I know. All right, we come back. We're going to get into football. We'll still talk some of the Suns as well. And we're going to talk about this bet with Damian Lillard. Dave Pash is going to join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, football coming up on Sunday, Wolf. High stakes game for the Cardinals, obviously. You cannot really afford to go 0-2. Put yourself in a position where the Rams could be coming to town with a chance to deliver the knockout blow. Indeed. So high stakes for the Cardinals, but maybe even higher stakes for our next guests. Dave Pash, voice of the Arizona Cardinals, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line because uh, he's got a bet with one Damian Lillard. Dave, how's it going this morning? Hey guys, how we doing? We're doing we're doing good. What uh let's let's just start with the Dame bet. What's uh what's going on here? How how did this I know it came about on on the Dave Pash podcast, but but what's uh what are the terms? Correct. So yeah, Dame was a guest, as you know, he is a diehard Raiders fan. Mm-hmm. So I just mentioned to him that, you know, like 7 years ago I had a bet with Steph Curry because we had done a Warriors game before the Cardinals Panthers NFC Championship game. And then I was supposed to have one after. So we had a little gentleman's bet. He was going to have to wear Cardinals gear into the arena through the tunnel if the Cardinals won. And I would have to wear a Panthers NFC Championship T-shirt if uh, the Panthers won. So Panthers won. I had to wear the T-shirt. Whatever. No big deal. So I was assuming, you know, Dane would go for something similar. But his suggestion was that I go full on, as he called it, full on black hole. Like face paint. Armor, jersey, everything. So, of course, I agreed to it. Stupid. Um, but, yeah. And then put it out on social media. So, uh, he gets off easy if the Cardinals win uh, because he just has to wear a Kyler jersey into the arena one night. He wouldn't even do it opening night. Uh, he talked me out of that. So, uh, if the Cardinals lose, I'm dead. If they win, 
And Wolf, I'm sure you're going to have a few. Either way, Wolf, you're having a field day. This will be the one week where you don't lose, Wolf. If the Cardinals win, it's great. If the Cardinals lose, you're still going to be loving life because I'm going to look like an imbecile next week. It's going to be unbelievable. (laughs) It really is, David. Uh, What what was that podcast again? What was that, David? I'm not even going to tell you. That's the thing, (laughs) Luke. It's amazing. The Dave Pash podcast. The Dave Pash podcast. Yes, Dave. Luke, think about this for a second now. Mm -hmm. Damian Lillard, who is somebody with over 3 million followers who's so busy, has all these things going on, immediately retweets <laughs> the tweet from Jim Omohundro, the producer uh, on the Dave Pash podcast. He runs the account. Okay, Dame Lillard immediately retweets. I have to send texts out to Wolf and Calvisi like, hey, can you guys help me out a little bit? Can you, can you maybe like the tweet or something like my goodness. Okay, David, here's the one thing about this, though. When you get your face all painted up and you look like you're going into the black hole, I have to be there, okay? I have to be there. Almost like when you got shot up to do a broadcast. Remember that? When you got the blue juice to do a broadcast, David? you remember that? I was there and you got shot up, of course. One of the more legendary moments, getting shot up to do a broadcast. I'm going to have to be there if, in fact, they're going to paint your face all up for the black hole, okay? That's fine. You'll have to come over to the house. Okay, well, that's fine, too. You know what? Maybe you'll have some snacks over there. It turned into a party. Let's hope we're not having this conversation. Let's hope the Cardinals win and we just move on. Yeah. yeah, Boy, that'd be nice, huh? What do you think is going to have to happen, David, if that's going to be the case? (laughs) I don't know anymore. Uh, I'll just say I I have the answers. Uh, As I told you guys when you had me on earlier this week, well, you might have to be giving me a cut of that huge salary you got because you keep having me on the show here. Um, <laughs> I, David, your podcast so alone like, is a generator. It just had so much of, of the last year feel that I don't know what to think right now. The biggest is if people say, "Well, what do they have? What do they have to go out and do?" And you know, what trades can they make? And I look at a lot of the players drafted on defense. And I, I think they're talented. So why aren't they stepping up? I looked, for example, at the Raiders. Max Crosby was a fourth-round pick in 2019. Fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, where Some of the Cardinal players that have been drafted in those rounds on defense, uh, why aren't they stepping up and growing? Why aren't we seeing more plays from guys like Zach Allen, who I think is a really good player, has a chance to take that next step? All I'm saying is it's not a criticism of Zach, not a criticism of Steve or the draft picks. It's just it's time. You draft those players to build your roster so that when you get to year three and four, those guys are now your core playmakers. They're the nucleus of your team, and it's time for those guys. Yes, you need more from Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, but it's even those other guys who have been here a little bit longer, Byron Murphy, Zach Allen. Uh, to step up and be more of a factor because that's why you drafted them. Yeah, 100%. You, it's starting to catch up with them, unfortunately, right now. Dave Pash is joining us. Uh, Dave, we had this a little bit of this conversation yesterday. It seems like such a simple statement on the surface, but I, the more I think about it, maybe the deeper it goes. How much would just winning a game on Sunday do for this team that has gone one and six in their last seven over the last nine months, aside from just putting them back at 500, just for the psyche of this team and the fan base to have something to, good, to, to feel good about? Correct. It's it's reaffirmation that that you were a really good team at one point last year, 
and not a whole heck of a lot has changed. Yes, DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. Yes, there have been some injuries, but the formula where you got to a 7-0, and 10-2 start, um, the, the pieces are still there. And so hopefully that just kind of reignites the light bulbs in everybody's brain of, okay, we're, we're good. <laughs> We've been there before. We're not far away. We are a playoff team. Uh, and hopefully that is a springboard to regaining confidence. And look, injuries uh, are part. And I, you, know, you just played a great Kansas City team. And, and clearly the Cardinals look shell-shocked from just the speed of games, having not played in, in the preseason at all, uh, the starters anyway, and having not played a football game since January. So all those factors aside, if you can somehow get back on the winning track, I think it it does more than just put – a number in the win column. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that, David. You know, just so you know, we have news coming down right now. Andy Isabella and Rondell Moore are out for this game, correct? Yes, I'm just confirming that right now, coming down. They're out for this game. Um, Not that I expected Rondell Moore to play as well, but Andy Isabella, I think he's got a back, something going on right there. The injury situation for the Arizona Cardinals, um, boy, they got some good news when Zach Ertz was listed as a full participant right now. I think Zach Ertz, I think this is a Zach Ertz game for Kyler Murray going forward. Your thoughts on this, David? Uh, I hope so. I hope hope Zach's 100%. You know, obviously he got that injury early in camp. He was in terrific shape, looked great, and hopefully, yes. Uh, A.J. Green, Marquise Brown, all those guys. Uh, the the offensive line playing better, establishing more of a, uh, of a presence in the run game. That still, to me, is number one. Can you be a better run team? Because that's just going to open up everything else. I think that's where you hang your hat is your, your run offense because if they can run the football, then I think Kyler's going to have a lot more success and the receivers are going to have big days. Talking to Dave Pash, Dave, uh, how much of this do you think is looking forward for this season? Is It's going to be a situation where the Cardinals are probably going to have to put up 28, 30 points a game to win a lot of these. Uh, or do you think the defense can get to a point? I, week one was against Patrick Mahomes, of all people. Do you think the defense can get to a point where they can steal some games like they did last year for this team? Well, I think it goes back to, Luke, uh, You know the, what I said earlier about the, the players you drafted to to at this point in their growth be more of a factor. Isaiah Simmons, Byron Murphy, Zach Allen, Rashard Lawrence. Um, th- those are the guys that y- you need to step up. Um, you know, J- I think you know what you're going to get from Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson and J.J. Watt when he plays. Uh, and, you know, I don't know how much he's going to play, but he's going to play, which is a big deal because of what he brings to the table his leadership, uh, the energy he provides, guys look to him. But I, I just keep going back to these guys that are in year three, four, that you're counting on big time. Um, those are the guys that, that I'm really going to be watching. David, any thoughts on Adam Silver and the one-year suspension and $10 million fine of Robert Sarver and where all of this is headed right now? Do you have any thoughts on that? 
I lost I lost you a little bit, Wolf. You said where where it's all headed. Yeah, yeah. Just any thoughts whatsoever, your general thoughts on Adam Silver and the one year suspension and ten million dollar fine and where it's going from here. Well, Wolf is somebody that you know, I've been covering the NBA for ESPN for sixteen years, which is almost the entire time that Robert Sarver has has owned the Suns and you know, other than a couple people that are close with Robert, uh, most of you know what I've heard over the years about how he does things, um, you know, lines up with the report, lines up with the reason that he got the suspension and the fine. And I think when I saw the suspension and the fine, uh, what came to mind was that whether you agree with it or not, if sponsors stop, if sponsors back out and players speak up, he's going to be out. Um, and it looks like that's what's happening. And that's what needed to happen. It feel awful for people that had to endure and experience uh, what they had to with, with him as the so-called leader of the Phoenix Suns. Anybody that is in a leadership position that talks to people that way and that runs a business that way um it's shocking that uh he is still in that position but with that said i i think adam silver is a fantastic commissioner it sounds like he's in a very difficult position it sounded just listening to him and reading and talking to others he would have loved to have done a lot more uh but perhaps could not and Hopefully what Chris Paul, LeBron James said, what the owner of PayPal is doing, what the Suns minority owner said uh, is trending in a direction where he is removed at some point from the privilege of being an owner in the NBA. Dave, it's always great talking to you. Thank you for the time. Good luck with the uh, the bet with Dame. All right. All right. Well, I'll see you on Saturday night or Sunday, buddy. Absolutely, buddy. The Dave Pash Podcast. That's uh, Dave Pash joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. He should have worked his way in. If he wins the bet, he gets to be on Dame's next album. But yeah. uh, he didn't He didn't pull that one off, I guess. Uh, all right. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. What will be the biggest matchup on the field for the Cardinals against the Raiders on Sunday? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Football Friday with Wolf and Luke. Presented by 72 Sold. Get your price. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, welcome back to the show on this Friday morning. So we get ready for Cardinals Raiders on Sunday from Vegas. <laughs> you look like you're like DJing I just had to there. no, I just had to scream before I turned the microphone on. Okay, this is a little funky right here. As I just nail the post, of course, it's innate, my brothers. Your favorite song. You're the one that asked us to play it, so of course you would know how to nail the post. Actually, I uh, know. Who is this? Jack White. Jack 
white. White stripes guy. Not a big Jack White guy. Uh, I will tell you this about Jack White, and maybe I've told the story before. I don't know if I have or not, but I saw him in person. No. Like, it wasn't going to his concert. It was at a music festival, but went over to he, in terms of just a pure musician, right. I was blown away. Really? It was so much better than I expected. Wow. He played every instrument. For the most part, like, he had kind of like a house band with him because it wasn't the White Stripes. It was just Jack White. Played all different kinds of songs. At one point, he was making a guitar on stage. He was making it as he was, like, playing it. Oh, my goodness, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I love to see that. I feel like a caveman every time I watch somebody who's musically inclined, uh, musically talented. I just chuck rocks at the moon when I see it. Like, they, how could you do that? Well, you mentioned it. There were a lot of people chucking rocks at the moon in the crowd. <laughs> I, I never even I never made the connection. Sure before. there were, Luke. Uh, all right, so Greg Dortch was a guest on Big Red Rage last night. Ever heard of that show, Wolf? Oh, yeah, you as host a matter of fact, it. I have. Yeah, it's been a long time, too. Yeah, a long time running. Greg Dortch, though, was awesome. So Greg Dortch, I want to make sure I set this up right. You asked him about the Raiders secondary, right? Because we haven't talked a whole lot about the Raiders secondary. Yeah, I, I did. You know, as a wide receiver, I wanted to get his opinion as to the Raiders secondary. Yeah, I mean, he's watching film. Uh, like you said, sure. as a wide receiver, he's watching film of their secondary, okay? Yes. So he was asked about their secondary, and this is what he said. They're they're definitely a talented group, um, well coached. Um, not gonna lie, Chandler Jones is a problem. You know, we <laughs> we knew that when he was here, but yeah. just going back and watching the film and him and Max, um, they're filthy together. So that's gonna be a challenge for us. Um, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. Warning! 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 Will Robinson. I mean, oh my goodness. Google it, my young crocs. Warning, Will Robinson. Can you imagine that right there? Are you kidding me? I ask a wide receiver in the National Football League. I ask him about the secondary of the opponent. He says, yeah, they're a good group, but man, that Chandler Jones. He starts talking about the edge. <laughs> he starts talking about the edge of the of the Las Vegas Raiders. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. There uh, it is, right there. Are you kidding? What, what wide receiver in the universe, when asked a question about the opponent's secondary, starts talking about the edge? I tell you, it made me feel better, uh, not so much about the game on Sunday, but it made me feel better about our show, Wolf, because when I walked out of here yesterday, I was like, you know, we really haven't talked about many Raiders on the defensive side of the football except Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. <laughs> like, are we kind of overlooking something? And then you ask Greg Dortch about the secondary, and he proceeds to <laughs> direct the conversation right back to Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. That, that's how good the Raiders' edge is, man, with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. That's how dominant they are when you sit there and you watch the tape. Listen, this is a situation where watching these guys as well, I think the Arizona Cardinals, they need to attack the edge. They've got to attack the edge. Whether you're doing it with some screens to try to slow them down, um, you need to attack. Whether you're going to run the tackle zone, if you're going to run it right at them, that's what you're going to do. Uh, you need to attack the edge. You need them to take on blocks. And one of the things... One of the things that you'll notice when you watch the tape of Max Crosby and Chan and Chandler Jones, and this has always been Chan, they jump underneath. There are times they'll take a risk and they'll jump underneath their gap instead of setting the edge. They'll actually come inside from time to time on their own volition. Now, that's a gamble. You better get home. You better make the play if you're going to jump inside and not set the edge. But that's always been Chan. He's been a bit of a gambler and Max Crosby the same way. 
Zach Ertz yesterday was also asked about, he was just asked about the Raiders' defense. He wasn't specific, uh, specifically asked about the secondary. It starts with Max and Chandler. Obviously, those two. I mean, Max Crosby, after watching this week's film, you know, being in the NFC, you don't play these guys a ton. You don't watch a ton of film on them. Um, but after watching Max for the past couple of days, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. He doesn't get the respect he deserves around the league. He's one of the best DNs I've ever seen on film. Um, so it's going to be a good matchup for us. Uh, we're going to have to know where he is at all times. Chandler, obviously, him being here last year, everyone knows him well, but um, really, really good player. He's got over 100 career sacks. Um, and so it starts with those two. That whole defense starts with those two. Obviously, they got good players all over the field because like, they're in the NFL. Uh, but those two guys are really good football players. It's pretty clear who you're watching on that Raiders defense on Sunday. It really is incredible. It it does kind of make me feel okay because has anyone noticed? Um, I really focused on the offense of the Arizona Cardinals uh, twice. Yes, I noticed. In the what will Wolf watch? <laughs> because I was looking at the show sheet of the second day and I was like, wait a minute, this is not what you're about to talk about. Exactly, but he, you know what? I'm going to change it up a little bit on the what will Wolf watch. I'm not going to worry. I, I'm going to go with the two biggest stories, maybe overall and if it happens to be on the same side of the ball that's what we're going to talk about but it's incredible just to hear all the players talk and Greg Dorch was the that was the pinnacle for me that pretty much to, summed it all up to hear a wide receiver when asked about the secondary say oh you know they're a good group they're good but man Chandler Jones and Max Crosby they're gonna I mean, it was the way he that, said it too yeah he's uh, like yeah I talk about this you know what I gotta tell you guys Chandler Jones is a real problem. Look, the the <laughs> entire game plan involves handling those two guys in in what is a gross exaggeration of the truth. You block the edge of the Raiders and you're going to have a chance to score points. You are going to have a chance to score points. And guess what? The onus of this game and the responsibility of this game in every game, I think, for the Arizona Cardinals is going to be their offense scoring more points than the opponent, period. And if you're going to score points against the Raiders, you're going to have to handle two guys, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. Simple, but easier said than done. And I don't think the Cardinals can win this game if they don't put up at least, what, 24? And that's probably even on the low end of things. You're probably going to have to put up 27, 30, 30. You're going to have to score, like you just said. It's, It's not, hey, score more points than the other team. It's, no, no. You're just going to have to outscore teams for a while until you figure out what you're doing on defense. We come back. What games will we have our eyes on this weekend around the National Football League? We'll give you our five-star games next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Five-star 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 games. The NFL's best games, as predicted by Ron Wolfley and Luke Lipinski, powered by FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, Wolf, time for five-star games. It is Friday. It is 1045. That, of course, means it's time for five-star games. Let's let's get this out of the way first and foremost, and we'll circle back to this game. Last night would have been a five-star game if we did this yesterday. No doubt about it. Yes. Absolutely. The Chargers and the Chiefs, and guess what? It did not disappoint, did it? It did not. It was truly a five-star game. Bills Rams last week would have been a five-star game, but definitely disappointed once you actually watched the game. Chiefs Chargers last night. Those two can just play each other every week if they want. Uh, All right, so let's get into the schedule on Sunday and Monday. I have 
I have two that I would consider like four star games. Do you have any pure five star games? I have one that I think I like. If, if somebody said, "Okay, you got a grade on the curve. What's your five star game?" I do have one. Yeah, I had one, and it was last night. <laughs> that was that was the five star game. I've got two four stars as well. Okay, and they both happen on Monday night. So this, okay, that's yeah, okay. So Tennessee, Buffalo, Minnesota, Philadelphia, and I would throw one more in. Oh, okay. Miami, Baltimore. Miami? Miami, Baltimore. That could be something there. Okay. I'm, I'm intrigued by Miami. I don't usually buy the hype, but uh, for when I don't totally trust Tua, it's not that. I just, I, I'm, I think they could potentially be coached very well, and obviously Tyreek Hill makes a difference. So uh, Miami, Baltimore is certainly, like I said, probably yeah. a four-star game, but one I'll be keeping yeah. an eye on. You know, give me another week with the Miami Dolphins. Give okay. me another week right there. The Baltimore Ravens, yeah, I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to be good. They're a good football team. They're coached by an excellent coach in John Harbaugh, the entire staff. Their adoption of physicality, physicality, it's a mentality. It's a way of life with the Ravens. I absolutely love watching that team play. Um, yeah, but the Dolphins, they got to prove it. The reason I'm, I agree. The reason I'm so interested in the Dolphins is... I want to see, like San Francisco, I feel like has won a few games over the last few years that maybe they shouldn't have won on paper, but they win them anyway. And I want to see how much of that was Kyle Shanahan and how much of it might have been Mike McDaniel and the personnel, obviously, too. But when you you bring McDaniel over and they go out and get some pieces, I think they are at least a compelling team and the game against Baltimore is always going to be tough. Uh, But I do think the Monday night games are intriguing right here. Listen, I'm not crazy about the Vikings and the Eagles. The Eagles, they have to prove it to me. I'm sorry. That's they do. Minnesota, I would say the same um, thing. They won one game. Yeah, Minnesota, I'd say the same thing as well. But they are 1-0, both of them right now. They both played very, very physically in week number one. Um, Titans, Bills. I expect the Tennessee Titans to be an excellent team this year. I do. I know they lost their first game very much like they lost to the Arizona Cardinals their first game as well. But this is in Orchard Park, man. This is going to be a brawl in Orchard Park. The Tennessee Titans are going to come in and they're going to try to get physical. Do you know what the Buffalo Bills, where the Buffalo Bills improved the most last season? In their physicality. Their schemes became, their schemes, brothers, became much more physical. And the skulls that were inside those schemes actually went out and executed extremely well. That changed their season. That changed their their arc. That changed their path to becoming an excellent team. And right now, I can't wait to see the physicality in Orchard Park, or the park as we used to call it. That That is one of those games, and Maloney just pointed this out, yeah, if, if, except Tennessee lost to the Giants, so it has a little more sting to it. If Tennessee hadn't lost to the Giants last week, I would have that as a five-star game. Here's my problem with, with putting the Bills in any five-star games. It's four-star. I didn't give it a five-star, okay. remember? Yeah, that's true. Fine, whatever. <laughs> but I would have made it a five-star game, except the problem is I feel like the Bills <laughs> are just going to run everybody off the field. It's so like Rams-Bills last week. Oh, yeah, for sure, a five-star game. And then they won by 21, and they could have won by 41, it felt like. I just feel like retroactively we're going to look back at a lot of these Bill game, Bills games and be like, eh, I don't even know that that was that good of a game. Tennessee has to have that, though. No, you know, that's not going to break my heart. I mean, 
No, I don't think they're going to be two. Cardinals, Steelers, Bills. Two of them won week one. Uh, here's a game that would have been, I think, a five-star game if Dak Prescott wasn't hurt. Cincinnati-Dallas. Now it's not even, like, on, on the radar. I don't even know who is Cooper Rush really going to be Dallas's quarterback. Are they yes. just okay? All right, here we go. Doesn't Cooper Rush sound like a Powerade flavor? Like sounds oh, yeah. like something that would happen on a campus somewhere. Oh, yeah, you got the Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush. You no, know, it's like oh yeah, I got the blue flavored Powerade. Well, what 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 flavor? that's Cooper Rush. Um, there's a couple games here I like that are nowhere near five-star games, but okay. that I'll be paying attention to. Okay. Seattle-San Francisco. Yeah, I'm that definitely going right to be paying there, attention yes. to that. I'm going to pull the seat up about four feet away from the Matrix and get my popcorn out and just kind of watch that. Oh, wait a minute. I'm not going to be able to do that. Oh, I'm actually going to be in Vegas. Okay. You're going to be next to Dave Pash, who may or may not be dressed like one of the Raider fans. <laughs> Man, that right there is going to be... A physical game. The Seattle Seahawks, their only their only hope is being more physical than their opponents. And guess what? They did an excellent job of that in week one, did they not? Beating the Denver Broncos, and they beat them on the line of scrimmage. They balled out. Seattle, that's the one thing about it, man. Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's going to have his team ready to ball out. And that's what they did. Maybe out of desperation. Maybe because they were home. Maybe because it was Russell Wilson. I think it was all of these things. But we'll see. Can you imagine if they won again? If Seattle started this season 2-0? and I don't think... I would have never in a million years no. put them at 2-0. Short. Especially playing Denver and San Francisco. And San Francisco. <laughs> Short week going on the road to a desperate San Francisco team. I, I can't see Seattle winning that game, but I could see like another ugly like sixteen to thirteen final or something. Couldn't you? Oh, I, I don't totally necessarily not. believe in the Forty Nine ers offense yet. I don't know why you would, based on what they showed us last week. I tell you the other one, and this is probably a one star game, but I am oddly interested in it. Wolf, Washington, Detroit. I just think Detroit's going to be interesting this year. And I don't Washington, whatever. I mean, they won a game. They Maybe they take Dallas' spot in that division. I don't know. There's there's not, like, a lot of, like, headliner games this weekend, but there's some matchups. I like Chicago-Green Bay, too. I mean, you can't go wrong with Bears-Packers. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I know. I just don't expect the Bears to actually show up. Well, they're the 1-0 team, that's though. Just me. I know. Yeah. I know. That's, that's just me right now. We'll see. How that goes, um, Bears Packers. I get it. At some point in time, that light is going to come on in Aaron Rodgers' head. It's going to come on, and I think it will come on this week against the Bears. We'll have to see what happens. But if it doesn't, ooh, the Toad Liquor at zero and two. I think what happens is at some point in the game, even with the young receivers, Aaron Rodgers looks down at his tattoo and the perfect play reveals itself within his star tattoo and he's like, this is the play we have to run and that's what turns the Packers season around. Um, you want to talk about that game last night since that was actually a five-star game? That was good, man. Oh my goodness. Where do you start when you think of what you saw last night? When Patrick Mahomes needs to move the ball to win a game, he moves the ball to win mm, a game. Mm. And, and the other thing, and I told you this during the break, they got a pick six from a seventh round pick. Um, when do we get those? Like I want, how great would it be to have a sixth or seventh round pick just go off and make a game changing play for the Cardinals on Sunday or next Sunday or whatever? Because 
I tend to believe Mahomes still would have brought them back, but they won the game by three, and they got a late pick six from a seventh-round pick. If they don't get that, in theory, they don't win the game, Wolf. Yeah, no, they they do not. And Jalen Watson, of course, with that pick six right there, that seventh-round pick you're talking about, to me, it just seems so incredible that here the Kansas City Chiefs, with, with their offense, with Patrick Mahomes, with the firepower that they have, their defense, of course, is suspect and will be suspect at least for four weeks of the season until I can actually see a pattern forming with the Kansas City Chiefs on the defensive side of the ball. But we talk so much about Andy Reid. We talk so much about Patrick Mahomes, and rightfully so. And yet, it was a seventh-round pick on the defensive side of the ball that made the play of the game and allowed the Chiefs to actually win the game. That, and did I see Derwin James pick up Travis Kelsey on his shoulder and throw him down? That really, that happened, right? I stood up. Travis Kelsey's not a small guy. Who else, man? Who else stood up in your living room and said, whoa, whoa! Whoa! Travis what? Kelsey is like a man, too, and he just got picked up and slammed down. Seriously. And it wasn't like in the end zone, yeah, you scored, I'm going to slam you down. It stopped him from getting in the end zone. He almost fumbled. I couldn't. Derwin James, man, that dude. That I was, love that, that dude. That was like, that goes on the highlight <laughs> of nastiest plays is, of the year. You are a dude, man. All right, we come back, hour number two of the show. What can the Cardinals expect from the Raiders on Sunday? We're going to ask the voice of the Raiders. Jason Horowitz joins us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98. 7FM Arizona Sports Station.